Hello, I think we are live. Adam, Dan, are you with me? We we are. Yes, you are. All right. All right. Happy Wednesday. I'm I'm sitting in rain clouds, so I may have to move shortly, but for now, I'm good. All right. Cross our fingers the rain holds off in that case. We've had like 17 IT issues today. I know. We don't need rain in the mix. How about that, that rainfall yesterday? Did you guys see that? My goodness. We were actually, I'm back in Saratoga from, from the, the tramps around uh, Poland and Ukraine and driving in. I mean, the skies were angry, my friends. That was, that was nuts. I saw rivers on Broadway. It was a deluge. Uh, am I saying that? Am I saying that correctly? It was, yes, it it was, was. intense. <laughs> uh, the power went out downtown for at least a brief period where I was. Um, Naira was having their Travers draw. Fortunately for them, it really didn't affect it. But they they had to cancel the turf races today, and they canceled the steeplechase races. So uh, even there's residual effects a full day later. But boy, we needed the rain. Maybe not all at hey, once. Guys, where was I for all of this? How did I miss this like Holy massive rainstorm? Cow. What time was it? Uh, five thirty, five five thirty, six. Well, I was apparently I was blissfully unaware of the weather at five thirty. But regardless. Yeah, rumbling it was uh like harsh thunder wow yeah you you go lucky well hey adam we're happy to have you home we're happy to have you back stateside i know that the u.s just put out a warning to all americans in ukraine to you know evacuate and leave uh because they are going to be targeted um more harshly than previously by the russians or that's at least what we're hearing yeah i got i I got i got a funny little kind of antidote on that um so there's there's today's ukrainian um independence day where they they signed original freedom from from um from russia and there's a big fear there's there's big celebrations in kiev they actually lined up all these burnt out military uh russian military tanks and transports to kind of do a burnt out uh russian military parade and so there's a big fear that you know putin's big on symbolism and this is a big symbol of ukraine's freedom and what's putin going to do and is there going to be a strike and, and biden called for you know to get out of kiev well what i'm hearing through through my channels is that the russian military is thinking the same thing so the russian military right now is really on edge thinking that ukraine's going to strike them on their independence day so uh, yeah so i've been monitoring some channels talking to some people uh you, you know as of now there hasn't been anything major you know and in the six hours ahead russia tends to bomb at night and shell at night so uh it, you know there could be a, something happening tonight but but it's just funny because you hear I, I heard that that americans should be you know, you know leaving ukraine and and if i was there i would leave because um it's 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 you know when it comes to this level it's the prudent thing to do but but it's just funny that russians are getting the same thing so anyway uh, Slava Ukraine, keep fighting, and, and and we're praying for you. So that's my little. I was kind of, I was kind of wondering how you're going to come up with a funny anecdote with that as the uh, the background, but you did. That is kind of amazing. <laughs> this, if I could ask you uh, uh, on the Ukraine thing, just because it's relevant here. Uh, by the way, it is Ukraine Day at the track as well. What is life like there right now for the average citizen? I mean, how, how are they? They're at war, for God's sake. How are they functioning? How are they eating? Do they have electricity? I, I don't understand all that. Those those nuances. Well, they're more yeah. than nuances. Yeah, Dan, that, that's a, that's that's a great question. And there's unfortunately there's two answers to that. So I was talking to somebody today this morning. Um, uh, it was a young lady in one of the camps whose uh, parents stayed in occupied and was occupied by Russia, the territory. And at six a.m. every morning, Russia plays the national anthem. People can't. There's a, there's a curfew. Well, her father was out uh, and her father is her, her mother went to a neighboring town to get food and her father went to meet her somewhere and the father's invalid he can't drive he can't fight 
and the mother got stuck and couldn't make it back. So the father waited to the last moment, was going home after curfew, after 8 p.m., and was taken by the Russians. Uh, he was brought to a, a camp. Um, the mother couldn't tell the daughter much because, you know, fear that the you don't want to call attention to yourself. So, and, and the father, essentially, what the daughter got out of it was tortured for two days. Uh, and, and, and it just so that's the reality on, on the front lines and, and east of Russia, of Russian occupation. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it was it, it just it, it was it was a lot uh, um, east or west of the front line in Kiev and any and, and of the Viv. It's, it's business as usual. It's, it, you know, air, air raid sirens go off. They're heard. Um, but it's, it's, it's a way of life now. Uh, Russia is, you know, I've heard a lot of reports that two things are happening. Russia's, you know, their, their stockpile of accurate ballistic missiles is finite and they've been shooting them off a lot and they're really running low. So that's why you don't see the attacks on the major cities. And also Ukraine is bolstering their air defense. So uh, Russia has to send them out instead of sending one missile to hit a target. They got to send off a salvo of them because a, a large percentage of them will probably get picked off. So, uh, wow. uh, you know, I pray for Kiev today. I, I think that, you know, people say, well, listen, Putin's going to hit whatever he can you know there's no there's no further angering putin or appeasing putin um so you know people are are, are really oh today's going to anger him with the symbolism uh, and he's going to fire that's not you know let's do things to not anger him. It, it, he's gonna he's gonna fire what he has when he has and i just think he's running low so that's 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 pray that's the case it's pray yeah. that the uk defense holds and that uh, um the you know russia just grinds grinds to a halt in their in their with their military and adam ukraine is what six or eight hours ahead of us uh, seven hours, but Ukraine seven is, hours. yeah, seven hours. So and, and then I think, I think part of it is eight. I mean, it is, it's like an eight hour drive between just Kiev and Lviv. It's a massive country. I, so, I only bring that up to say that their day is pretty much over. Like the day it is, the it is. But, yeah. but like I said earlier, Russia likes to strike at night. Uh, right, and, and right. so, so, you know, you know, pray for, for peaceful skies tonight. Absolutely. Well, we're going to do a little bit of a left turn and bring in some of our friends, uh, Linda Latender. And Patricia Nugent. Hello, ladies. Can you hear me? I can. can. Thank you. Uh, Linda and Patricia are joining us today because they are both uh, one of many, I hear, I hear, creators of the Band Books Project um, at Cafe Lina, which is just a really fantastic project, a really interesting project. And Linda had reached out to me about it, and I thought it was a great uh, subject for our podcast today. Um, and I want to open it up to Patricia or Linda to kind of describe what it is and why it's so necessary right now to have this band of books project happen. Go ahead, Pat. You're, you're a better speaker than I am. <laughs> Linda's got the passion that pulls us through this stuff. Um, I made the mistake of accepting an invitation to go for a walk with Linda in the spring, <laughs> thinking it was just a walk. But as you know, a walk with Linda is never a walk with Linda. So um, on the way, she said, hey, we've got to do something about banned books. And that started a conversation. And as a reader myself, as, a, as an author, as a career educator, um, she helped light the fuse of what was already concerning me about what's happening with, um, with, with challenging and banning books uh, across our country, certainly, but also around the world as um, 
as people are becoming more uh, limited in their views about what's acceptable. And it's, yeah. you know, it's not a dis, it's not really a left turn, Robin, from what Adam was talking about, because it's all about civil liberties. It's yeah. all about being able to protect our own, um, be, being able to live, to be our true selves, our authentic selves and expressing ourselves and not being bullied by others who think we should be different or more, more or better or whatever. And you know, what I think for me personally, what has been scary here in America to see is that I know, for example, in the state of Florida, they are now uh, very strictly monitoring what books children are going to be allowed to see or read um, in school. And that's coming directly from the government. And for me, the government regulating what books we can or cannot be reading in schools is one of the, is terrifying. I mean, it gives me literally chills just to think about as I'm as I'm saying it here right now. Um, so I think there couldn't be a more timely timely moment for this. Because reading and books are empowering. So, you know, we know the history in Nazi Germany. What did they do? They got rid of the printing presses. They burned books. What's happening in, in Tennessee right now is they're burning books in, in our country. Um, they're challenging books. Uh, people who are opposed to stories that present um, same-sex relationships in any way, not only just children's books, but also books in general, they're getting on library boards, they're getting on uh, school boards, and uh, really zeroing in on controlling what we have access to. Because reading leads to free thinking, to critical thinking, and to wanting to make things better. Now, the only upside to this that I see, and maybe you guys would agree, is that when you tell a teenager they're not allowed to read something, nine times out of 10, that teenager is like hell bent on finding it and reading it. So I'm hoping that that's the case in some of these um, states and areas that we're talking about. But Linda, can you tell me a little bit about the actual um, library itself? Because I just I walked by just now and saw it outside of Cafe Lina, and I'll put some pictures in the comments. But can you kind of describe what it looks like and and how it's going to work? It's the box is part. And first of all, I would just like to note that Pat has not asked me to go on a walk since that early. Walk. <laughs> but know that not been invited back, but that's okay. Um, the library is the little, it's, we're calling it our little Liberty Library, but the library is really part of the little free library system. Project started, I don't know, somewhere about 13, 15 years ago, some guy and had some scrap metal, he goes to his garage, or scrap wood, sorry, he goes to a little box and starts a library exchange. Somewhere now, 15 years later, there are over 150,000 of them around the world. So this was one person making a huge difference. So the idea is you have this box of books, people who make a book. I have one out in front of my, uh, my house that gets a the book exchange. Uh, during the height of the pandemic, it was the little free libraries where people got their books in the country because the libraries were closed and this was a safe, easy way to get reading material. Um, I got the I got the Daily Gazette to do a story. To find out, I, I got the idea that you could actually specialize these libraries. Um, 
Most Holy Redeemer Cemetery out towards Troy, New York, has a little free library that specializes in grief and grief. Uh, the idea maybe we could do something that started to happen as I started to read more and more about uh, what was happening across the United States. I approached Pat and she, let's go for a walk. And uh, said, you know, why don't you do a little library specializes in banned books? So, and you'd be surprised if you go back and look at books that have been banned, Gulliver's Travels, To Kill a Mocking, A Light in August, um, The Grapes of Wrath, Hatcher in the Rye. Um, so there, there are over a thousand books that have been banned or uh, restricted in the United States. And so let's put together a little free library that will have specialized book information basically on how to fight this kind of thing, how to push back against fascism, how to put, push back leadership. So, for example, one of the books that I'm going to donate is Lenny um, Bruce's How to Dirty and Influence People. Great book. The book itself was never banned, but Lenny Bruce was for his language and the kinds of right. he would talk about. It. He would talk about religion. And in an adult place, no less, he talked about them in nightclubs for their grandchildren. But um, so it's, it's, a, it's a way of preserving our freedoms and preserving intellectual stand up stand up to the government on, on a number of issues. And one of the things I'll point out is that in the Bible, when we talk about prophets and to prophesy, it wasn't about being tea leaves or crystal balls. It was about being able to read the signs of the times and understand where you were going with it, how to read it. Think about the... Uh, the number of book bannings and book challenges. And just in um, 2021, there were 729 challenges over to about 1,600 books across the United um, States. As Linda, hmm? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but real quick, I just, because I wanna make sure people know this as we're talking about this. Um, and Pat, you can chime in here. Tonight at 7 p.m., correct? There's gonna be an unveiling. That's correct. Of Okay, so so for for those who are interested, 7 p.m. tonight at Cafe Lena, um, there will be an unveiling of the Dan Book Project and the little the little I was Little Liberty Library. Am I saying yeah. it correctly? Yeah, that's correct. And there, again, there's there's certainly the unveiling of the the library, which was incredibly beautifully. Uh, it was it was built by a friend of mine who donated his time, and it has been beautifully uh, painted by a local yes. artist. Uh, and is it all is it camera. all books that have appeared on a banned book list somewhere or or and, and so I guess is is this a, a, a like one of those free little libraries where you trade a book and if you trade a book how do you know if the one that you're putting in has been banned you you don't you you don't have to take one to drop one off gotcha, um, gotcha. but uh we are uh, you can look online for banned books. There are lists of the most 100 banned books in the country. Um, we also have a shop steward, not a shop steward, a steward, a library steward who is going to monitor contents and make sure that, that they qualify. Um, but I just want to mention to Robin, it's not just the unveiling of the library that, that has been um, beautifully painted by C.A.M. Cameron, a local artist, but it's mm -hmm. also... 
where 12 local authors are reading from Thank banned you. books. So starting at seven o'clock, um, uh, we are going to have, we're going to have original music by Dan Bergren, who has written songs about uh, free to read. And uh, so 12 authors are reading, we're calling it, it's kind of like speed dating. 12 authors are reading 12 band authors for five minutes each. So you're going to get a smattering of, our hope is we give you a smattering of what would be lost should this book be pulled from the shelves for kids, for adults. Um, I'm reading from Anne Frank. I, I could cry. Her diary makes us cry anyway, but thinking mm. that her biggest fear is that her words would never be seen. Um, that was a bigger fear for her than being discovered by the Nazis. And so the thought is, is so sickening to me and so repulsive that we would have people saying, we can't you know, take Anne Frank yeah. out of schools because there's one brief entry where she shows that she's got some feelings towards another young girl. So that's enough to ban all the stories that she tells firsthand about yeah. the Holocaust and about them starving and their fears. Um, it just shows how out of proportion this, this whole thing has gotten. Yeah. Yeah, we were just actually in Amsterdam uh, yesterday, um, traveling back, and we went past Anne Frank's house. And when when you know you when I talked to this young lady whose parents are in occupied uh, Ukraine right now by Russia, I, I referenced Anne Frank. Well, she was in there for two years in, in the attic. A little over two years. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and that's what I was. You know, what what do you tell a young lady whose parents' whose father was tortured by 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 by, by Russians? I said, listen, it, it's 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 the sun will come up. This this will end one day. I don't know when that'll be but i said you know by reference and frank if she could live in an attic for two years just you know have them keep their head low and, and, and avoid the russians but yeah that's it is it is this is this is such a, yeah. a part of our history as humans and and the what we've been through and and history if we don't you know, I'm sure there's books about many different things in history, but since you just referenced Anne Frank, if if, if we it's doomed to repeat itself if we don't and if we don't. Yeah, keep, keep what back. does it say to other countries as you tell as you tell the story of there's hope? You know, first of all, we know how her story ends tragically, but also what does it say to other countries when we pretend to be this um, democracy that's going to say yeah. when in our own country we can have the book banned. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so distorted. It's It's been interesting because I know, for example, there was some controversy over To Kill a Mockingbird and um, in terms of their, the racism and um, how some people were interpreting it in terms of like white savior complex. And there was some really complicated themes that we now see through the lens of 2022 when we're reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And I think the important thing there that I took out of this debate was that not that we're not going to read To Kill a Mockingbird anymore and not recognize what a pivotal piece of literature it was, you know, in, in terms of our history, but it's that we can appreciate it for the the piece of work it was when it was written. And then we can also analyze it through a different lens of 2022 and look at some of the more complicated issues that have come up now um, in terms of race, for example. But the whole point was that no matter what, we still read it and we still talk about it. Um, right. And so... Yeah. yeah. I, I, Rob, I, I, also, I also think we need to look at the reason behind the reason sometimes because there's a whole nother culture that doesn't like how racists are portrayed. 
Sure. Um, it's kind of like back to that Charlottesville thing. There's very fine people on both sides. So mm -hmm. sometimes they give a socially acceptable reason for being against a book, but there's an undercurrent and an underlying. For yeah. instance, one of the reasons for banning Anne Frank is because it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, genocide is a real bummer. Um, yeah, she is. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so what is it really that white supremacists yeah. aren't presented very nicely? Um, right. We, we need to peel it back and really probe and ask questions about why this would be considered a, not a good book for people. Speaking of questions, I know Dan had a question. Thank you. I was uh, I was uh, firing one out and I was on mute. Um, th th thank you, uh, both of you, for coming uh, with us today to join us to tell us about this. I, I, I'm a big fan of Cafe Lena, so I'm glad that you're partnering with this. Is this little library now a permanent feature going forward, or is this a limited uh, period of time? Yeah. Okay, great. And then... Um, uh, because I don't know so much about this, at least the current state of banned books, and Robin touched on one, could you give me an example of a, of a, of a specific government or a specific book of how this actually went about, um, of uh, the, the banning of the book? Because it's, it's almost appalling. You know, it is not almost appalling. It is appalling. It's shocking. You almost think, come on, not in America. Uh, but yeah. it's happening. I mean, I, off the top of my head, ladies, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know the state of Texas and the state of Florida are both banning books in schools. Um, beyond that, I, I don't have any examples, but maybe you you all do. Well, I, you know, I think, Dan, certainly there is sometimes um, complicity on the part of the government where a governor, such as in Texas or Florida, might suggest that um, we need to protect kids from whatever. But we are also, they are, as I said, they're infiltrating school boards and yeah. library boards. They're making it a point. Uh, people who want to ban certain things are making it a point to get on these boards. Mm. Um, that's true yeah. even in the state legislature. Um, you know, it's it's a mission. Linda, go ahead. Well, well, they're they're not just banning them for children either. They're they're looking to ban them for adults. The stuff that they don't want you to read. Um, and so for us, this was a that can stand up to this and we can prevail. Um, to your point, Robin, about when you ban something from kids, they want to read it. Um, the graphic novel Mouse was banned school in. I think because the mouse was naked in one of the one of the drawings. So the kids in that school, these these middle school kids decided to form a band book club. And so that's what they did. And they're reading band yeah. books. And I thought, wow, parents raised them right. But, but listen, there there was a controversy here at the last couple school board meetings, which would have been in May and June of this year over a book that was read in like, I don't know, maybe eighth or ninth grade. And there were parents at the school board meeting objecting to it. And there was debate over whether or not it was an appropriate book um, to be read, you know, in those grades. And and so you really don't have to look far no. um, to, to, to see where this is happening. Well, I, I wanna thank you both so much. I really appreciate your being on. These are such important issues. Um, tonight, 7 p.m., Cafe Lena, uh, banned books project, hear people reading from banned books. And then in the meantime, go check out the library. I have pictures of it um, that are on my phone. I will throw them in comments. It's absolutely beautiful. I might add like uh, 
it's just, it's beautiful. It's adorable. If you're looking at Kathy and Lena, it's right on the left. Um, so we'll throw those photos up. But thank you so much, ladies, for, your, for what you're doing and keep fighting the fight. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for joining us in that fight. Our pleasure. Thank you, ladies. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hello. We're back. Adam, Dean, can you hear me? Not clear. All right. Well, that's such good work that they're doing. Um, I'm so pleased that they're doing that because it is such an important issue. And it's something that doesn't get, I think, enough attention. But the repercussions are pretty significant, you know? Yeah, I will say, Dan, I thought, you know, I, I, I've known Linda for a while. I, I, I love those ladies. I love her passion, um, her, her social activism. It is, it is interesting, Dan, though, and at some point, I think, and, and I think it's great. Any, any, you know, access to literature that people have is not a bad thing. So I love what they're doing. But Dan, it is interesting you brought up the point of is, you know, what does banned books actually mean? Right. Is, is, is it, and, and is, is this more, I know it's happening, but is, is there more debate around it? Because if you just say, you know, banning books, it doesn't give the, the whole picture of, I think what's going on because uh, like you said, Robin, there was debate at a school board about a book in Saratoga, but, but I think, I, I don't know that it's, that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it, it's an interesting topic that maybe sometimes we can, you know, peel the layers back again, because Again, banning books because uh, you, you you know you, you you don't like the message it gives or it's against your religious beliefs is is a horrible thing and and and, and I'm certainly against that. But but you know what is actually going on with these banned books? Why are they being banned? And and is there? I mean, I think we can all agree at some point there's things that shouldn't be you know books that shouldn't be allowed in school. No. Um. Yes. Yes and no. So it's interesting. So some of the books that. I read growing up at school that are now on some banned book lists are like the key. Um, and those are banned because of the way they portray race. And some, and then in other areas- Because wait, 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 but rather than me, because there's like overt racism in them? Um, because not, I guess it's the way in which uh, uh, African-Americans and a, the black person in the book is portrayed. And there's the, 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 the N word is in the book. You know, so this, the work, this banned book, it works both way, it works you know, both conservative ways. And, and, and liberals. And it's, it's really, Correct. I think the more we talk about it, the, the, you know, the more, the more we, of understanding we get. I just think, so I think it's great what Correct. these ladies are doing. It's, you know, again, let's get this books out there, especially, especially yeah. if it's, you, you know, if, 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 if it's, if people can go read it if they want, if they don't want to read, they don't, you know, they don't, don't read it. Yeah. I, 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 I love what they're doing, but it's, this is an interesting topic, I think. Yeah, because on the other hand, there's is it age appropriate? And I know like um, Hatchet, I don't know if you guys read that book, Hatchet, but um, one of my kids' classes, they started reading it. And then the, I guess some parents and the teacher were like, you know what, this isn't quite age appropriate. We're going to wait a year and then reintroduce this book. So that's like a different thing. You know what I mean? Making sure the kids are age, they're, it's an age appropriate subject right, and, and right. book for them. Um, but all the, it's hard for me because the books that are being discussed on some of these banned booklets and and some of the ones that are being taken out of curriculums are some of the most formative books I have read in my life. I mean, like literally, like, I mean, a book like Hatchet was, was you know, it was probably one of the top five books I, I read in school. I, I, I loved it. Um, and so it's it's hard for me to see some of these books get, get pulled or debated when they had such a significant impact on my education. Um, but anyhow. At least I can get them still at Northshire Bookstore and and have them for my kids if they're not uh, if they're not on the curriculum. So that's a good thing. 
I'm going to try that with my kids. You're going to look at electronics all day and you can't read these books and see if they gravitate <laughs> to that and open them up and start reading them. In other news, um, what else is going on, guys? I know we have a few other things to talk about. Um, I know we have a little political update from last week. Um, and then we were hoping to have Naira on today to talk about the track. We had some technical difficulties, so we're going to try to have someone from Naira back um, shortly to talk about Naira, all things Naira. But actually, speaking of, one of the things I want to talk about, Dan, and I know we didn't talk about this in advance, but you wrote an incredible piece that was published in the Times Union um, with the suggestion of having a day next year during the meet that is devoted to specifically female uh, jockeys in particular. Um, but just, it kind of seems like women in racing in general. And I was hoping you could kind of describe that idea for our viewers because I think it's such a great idea. Yes, there was, um, are, are, is it possible to go with that video or no? So I, I, I'm going to try while you're talking, okay. but it's, uh, well, while, while you're, I'll while you're old, I'll just, um, folks, there, there are very few jockeys in the sport, female jockeys in the sport of, uh, thoroughbred horse racing. There certainly are some. Uh, Jackie Davis comes to mind. She won a big race a couple weeks ago here with a celebration. Those of you that, that know what I'm talking about will nod your head yes. It was an incredible celebration by a small stable with a, a small-time trainer who happened to be Jackie Davis's father, Robbie Davis, a one-time jockey. And it was such a fun, feel-good experience. Everyone automatically declared it the feel-good moment of the Saratoga meet, and they were right. Um, and Jackie, uh, uh, well, I, I won't steal the thunder if we are able to show the video, of her her interview but um it was just such a great thing and it made me realize or more realize even more that uh female jockeys in horse racing it shouldn't be that they're so few and far between that it's it's actually an event when you see a female jockey at saratoga or another it shouldn't be that way and there must be ways to boost female jockeys in horse racing uh some of the female trainers are starting to come out with without a boost uh, they're just making it on their own and there's some up-and-comers, uh, Brittany Russell, uh, uh, Cherie DeVoe, um, uh, a few others that are really starting to shake the trees and get some wins uh, in some stakes-level races and so forth. And that's pretty neat. But I propose, long and short of as I propose, Naira should do, I said, an entire day of just female jockeys. People that liked the concept but didn't like the idea of, a, of the full day said, no, just two races, just three races. Fine. I, I don't care. Get get something that uh, that 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 honors and and gives a boost to female jockeys in horse racing, and that was the gist yeah, of it. Dan, if, if I if I could jump in here, yeah, I Jackie Davis, I was down in Saratoga. Sorry, guys, I uploaded the video. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're well, watching it. Sorry, I uploaded the video. Okay, I'm gonna start it again. Sorry, I didn't realize it would just wait. Start wait, playing, can, like... can I can I tee it up? Yeah, yeah tee it up. Please yeah. tee it up. Well, this is the win I'm talking about. And this is Jackie Davis, who had just won, and she's walking back to the locker room. And this uh, pretty smart uh, reporter uh, put his cell phone in her face, and, and she sort of wanted to move on, but he kept asking her great questions that she was eager to answer them. Just just look at the joy. Look at the joy that's going on there. Even if you're not a horse racing fan, enjoy this two-minute video. Thank you, Robin. Go All ahead. right, here we go. Sure thing. Jackie Davis, first win in Saratoga. Fans are going absolutely crazy. You have a mount in the next race. Girls everywhere, all over. Tell me what this means to you. This, oh my God. Thank you. This winner means the world to me because it's my first race in Saratoga. And my dad, for my dad especially. I know he went a lot of races here as a jockey, but us together, I just, I'm beside myself. I'm so happy. I didn't know if I was gonna cry, laugh, or fall off after the wire. 
and we've, we've, I've been working with this filly since since she's first started. I got her gate card. I've been helping dad like crazy and just, we're gonna have a lot of fun today. <laughs> You, you have them out to the next wait, race wait, that you wait, picked up. Wait, wait, I know you got. I know you got to get back to the jockey's yeah. room. But tell me a little about that rail ride there. When it opened oh, up. It opened well, up. Did listen. you just hit it? So all the last two days, I've been out in the morning. I rode yesterday. The rail's been wicked deep. And when I went out there to warm up, I left the pony, and I was like, "How the heck did they get the rail so good?" So. I just sat on the rail and waited my turn and prayed they opened it. <laughs> well, congratulations to Saratoga winning for your family. I know you got to go way in now. Good luck in the next race. Thank you so much. Pretty great, guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we lost Dan there, but. How did you see him? That was his video. I know. I know. I, I, I am here, folks. I'm. I was getting rained upon, so I'm. I'm mobile at the moment, <laughs> but I am with you. Yeah, I can You're see. Like Dan, I I think a day a day for for just female jockeys. It, it, I don't I don't know that that would do, doing the sport justice. Um, I don't know that there's enough of them. But but certainly going back to what you said, a race. I mean, races have conditions. Uh, you know, for those people who don't know about horse racing, a horse race. You don't just have a horse race where any horse can race in it. You'll have a horse that can be for three year old horses who have not won a race, uh, who were born in Sarat or who were born in New York. That would be a, a, a races have conditions. So I think maybe you know, a, a female jockey condition race that might be something interesting. I think it would. Uh, 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 I think it would be kind of something that would bring a little excitement to the sport. But what about just having a uh, a day that's designated like women in racing and a day to celebrate women in racing? And so like perhaps there's a race where it's I don't know how many female jockeys there are either, but like from trainers to owners to jockeys to like hot walkers. I don't know all the words you guys because you know I'm not like totally. You know I'm not the track expert. But anyone involved in racing who's a woman just celebrating that overall population and having like one day designated like to celebrate the, women in racing. The problem is horse racing. And this is what I love about Saratogan horse racing. It's extremely diverse. You know, I tell people at the Saratoga meet, you can go and you can meet somebody the the you know, I hate to put it this way, the most degenerate down in their luck gambler to to the, the shakes of, of Dubai. And you can meet everyone in between. And it's there's so many cultures that have contributed to to horse racing that I think to have one day just for women, it, it's 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 one of those. And I know this is the proverbial. I know when you, when you put the the pride crosswalk, Robin, you face the same question. Um, well, wait, it wouldn't have to only be women. It would just be like specifically acknowledging women who were involved that day. So it wouldn't have to be like exclusively women racing, or you know what I mean. No, yeah, I, 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 I know that, but but it's it's you know if you, I just think there's so many cultures that have contributed to the sport that you 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 know you know you would you it's it's uh, um, the you know or Latin friends who contributed the Irish or you know there's a lot of great Polish horses in in the racing so but I would just assert Adam that a lot of the other demographics that you're talking about don't face the same challenges that women face trying to break into the sport. The, the the well, you know what I mean. Trying to break into the sport as a woman, I think, has got to be as per particularly hard as compared to basically any other group. Yeah, but this also brings. I mean, this was a deeper question. It's like, it's it's. It, 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 the, All right, the, the, Adam, call women. That's it. <laughs> no, but is, is this a sport women are struggling? Do, do women want to break into this sport? Is this a sport that that you you know are, are women queuing to to to, well, to do this? Well, I don't know. Right I mean, maybe, there are enough female jockeys around the country if Naira would give them like a travel stipend to come in for for the the day or two that they have some sort of celebration. Uh, so that's one thing. And also it would be good for the sport. 
There are Wait, also, are horse racing, but there are some parents that would bring their daughters to uh, uh, something like this. This, this. this woman would. Remember the the whoever, the horse where it was like run like a girl. There was like a, a girl horse. Yes. Yes. Rachel Alexander. Rachel, Rachel Alexander. Okay. Yeah. So remember people got all pumped up about Rachel Alexander running because it was a female horse and it was like run like a run like a girl and there was a whole push around that. And she was taking on the boys and she was beating the boys. Yeah, she was taking on the boys. She was beating the boys. So suck on that, Adam. We already had one. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Are there? Are there? I mean, again, I, I, I just see this as a rabbit hole. Are there any, uh, um, um, the, you know, the, uh, LGBTQ the, uh, jockeys? I'm, 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 I know, I'm, now you're getting really specific, and I'm not sure like people's sexual orientation like is something. I think that's getting like very niche and personal, but, and but, but that, that's you have a cold crosswalk for it, right? In Saratoga, so so I right, mean, but different, a different thing, but different situation. It's a different situation, but 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 are, do they have problems breaking into the horse racing? I again, I th I, I I I love what some of these girls and some of these ladies are doing in horse racing. I'd love to see a a, a conditioned meet where where it's 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 all female jockeys. But a whole day devoted to women, I just think is, you know, you're stealing the the, the spotlight from a lot of people who, who who contribute to the to the to the sport. So you think that men get the spotlight pretty much like every other day of the meet? In or the, the sport? Who are yeah, and I think that you know, for the Mexican population that contributes so much, I feel like they get a lot of recognition. I feel like. I mean, I don't know about Polish or Irish, but like. Well, the horse, it's, it's more horses than, than, than and, and, and the Irish are a lot of the, the people who work with the horses. But for instance, the, the video we just saw, you know, it, the, she went out there, she ran a race, she got, she got a bunch of credit. You, you know, there was, there was a big celebration. I, I don't recall her name. So, so the fact is, it is, it is a more of a male dominated sport. But so, yeah, men get more of the, but, but that's, that's. That's the that's just the nature of horse racing. It's it's it. You know, there are more male farmers than there are female farmers, and horse racing is a horse. Uh, a, a sport so that's kind of steeped in farming. You, you know. But you, so I you, guess that would be kind of the point, though, Adam. Is like, so if I took my, so if I took Alice Dalton right to a day that was devoted to like women in racing, and she saw a jockey like that race, in her mind, okay, maybe it's a possibility that I could actually be a jockey, whereas that's not a thought she would have had before. Just saying. Yeah. Well, but I guess if somebody has a gay, a, a gay son, you, you, you know, why should we afford them the same opportunity? I don't, I'm not totally like understanding that correlation because I'm not sure um, that they would have the same, um, like, oh, I can't be in racing because of my sexual orientation because I, don't, I feel like sexual orientation doesn't really come up in racing. But I do feel like, no, you don't see girls on horses. And so just by virtue of what we see every day at the meet, it's something that like, like, for example, there's the first female head of the CIA. And I like made a big deal to like show my daughter, like, look, there's the first female head of the CIA because you think of people from the CIA, you think of men. And so it's just an opportunity to let girls know that there are more options out there for them. And like, this is not something that's they're precluded from doing just because of their sex. Can I, can I jump in with an awkward segue here? Yeah. Go for okay. it. <laughs> When the time is right, and I don't know if it's today because we didn't really prep or talk about it, but the Chad Brown arrest. Uh, last oh, week, yeah. Where he was arrested for a obstructing. A perfect a time to talk about it. Of, uh, obstructing the airway. 
we we will talk about it, I think, because I know you too, and, and you're not going to shy away from it. I just don't know if we should be talking about it today, just because we haven't we haven't really dis discussed it I, uh, off off camera much. But I would like to get to that soon. I'm happy to talk about it today, and I I always think it's better when we don't discuss things off camera because we get like the real the real most authentic version of our uh, opinions here. But but it's up to Adam. Adam, are you no. cool talking chat? Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's, it's going to be old news next week. So yeah. Well, um, for those that yeah, I'm sure just about everybody knows this, yeah. the general story, right? So, so basically the general story is that Chad Brown, who's a local trainer and a very successful one at that, was arrested last week for obstructing uh, obstructing the breathing um, of an individual uh, and was arrested for, I believe it was a misdemeanor count of um, obstruction of breathing. There may be, there might've been one other thing in there uh, that he was arrested for. But essentially what we were told through the media was that um, a woman entered his home. She had a key to his home. She entered his home um, and he was in his home with another woman. Uh, he was in bed with that other woman. Um, he got up. He did not want this other woman to be entering his home and said that she basically broke in. And in, getting, in trying to get her out of his home, um, she alleges that she was strangled and pushed down the stairs um and so the police were called uh chad was arrested um he had an appearance in court last week um in that appearance his attorney argued that this was a, essentially a home invasion this woman was not welcome in his home she was wearing a hoodie he he kind of started it on some kind of um not relevant specifics at that point uh judge vero francine vero whose court it was assigned to um, smacked back at his attorney a little bit and said, like, in this court, we don't victim blame. Um, and so they kind of stopped with that line of uh, discussion from Chad's attorney. But um, he was arraigned and and that's that. That's where we're at. He's, he's out on, I think, $2,500 bail. Um, and that's where it stands. So, you know, of course, we don't know the we're not going to discuss the name of the victim, obviously. Um, we're not going to discuss the name of the person that Chad was with at the time. Um, but this is on the heels of another kind of scandal pertaining to Chad Brown, which was either last year or the year before. I, I'm not, maybe you guys can help me, where he was essentially not paying, um, he, he wasn't paying his workers fairly, a fair wage, correct? I believe it was 2018. He, he, it was an overtime issue that added up to quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah, 1.4 million or 1.7 yes. million. But this, is, but, but this is really interesting because... You, you know, I was I've been traveling the last couple of days, so I just caught the headlines of this. Uh, right, and, and it, it is it is I I have a, 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 actually it was you know 20, 25 years ago, kind of a similar story, and and what had happened is the 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 in my late twenties, the lady who had come in to my house, she actually I, I didn't know what to, she smacked me in the head and split my head open, and then I was holding her down and she bit my ankle, and so when the police came. The police came. They actually saw me at a bleeding head and uh, a bit ankle. They arrested her, and she was she was. Uh, there's a lifetime um, can't get close to me thing. But 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 yeah, this brings up a great question of if this lady, if somebody comes into your house and and so and, wait, and hold on, no, hold on. This, yeah. this but but this person was someone that Chad knew that Chad had dated, and that he had given a key to his home to. So it's a bit of a difference. Now maybe he maybe their relationship was over. Maybe he wanted that key back maybe you know whatever but one way or the other this was someone that was known to chad they had dated 
yeah. and he has the key to the home. So it's a bit of a different situation than someone just breaking into a house. I, you know no, what I, I mean? I, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I understand that, but I guess the question is, and, and these, was she invited at this, you know, you, you know was, 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 was she had a key, but maybe they were over, right? Maybe as far as he was right. concerned, they were done. So, so I think that's the first question is, was there, was that, and Dan, you, you could probably add a bunch of, but then what are your rights if somebody comes in your home? Right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's you have the right to forcibly remove somebody from your home. And, and I it would imagine it has a lot to do with that invitation. Right, Dan? There are um, um, there's laws that say you can use deadly physical force. Uh, right. I don't think it would apply to this situation, but like in a, a burglar, for instance, you absolutely have no idea. Right. You know, they're, they're coming in to burglarize you. you yeah. Have to use a, a, generally speaking. Um, the, the the law of New York State and the law of the land has often been you can use a gun to defend yourself or other deadly physical force. This situation here, it's going to play out in court. I I I just you know I don't know if it's going to be dismissed. I don't know if it's going to be a plea. Uh, I'll give. I'm not necessarily a Chad Brown fan, but I'll give him his due that he deserves his day in court because there are two sides of this story already, and and I wasn't there, so I I don't know. Um, the the overtime thing that's said and done. I'm I'm not a fan of him because of that. These are these are low wage workers. A lot of them foreign, sending money back to yeah. Mexico and other Latin American countries uh, to to shortchange them on overtime is inexcusable. Um, this case, I'm, I, I just you know, it's still an open case, and he does have the presumption. You know, he he's 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 there's a presumption of innocence. Yeah, he exactly presumption of innocence. He's he's not guilty until proven guilty. So I'm not going to slam him for this, but I will say, <laughs> embarrassing for Naira. It's embarrassing for the horse industry, generally speaking. Well, I'm going to weigh in with a little context on my end, which comes from being a girl in Saratoga and knowing a lot of girls in Saratoga and knowing a lot of girls in Saratoga who have dated Chad Brown. And I'm oh, just oh. going to say, I know. And I'm going to tell you careful. that I think he's a piece of shit. I think the way he has treated women, this case aside, now I'm not talking at all about what happened next, last week. I'm talking about the years and years before this um, that I've been familiar with him through uh, the women he's dated. And I think he's a piece of shit and I think he treats women horribly. Um, and I think it's emblematic of a culture at the track that is like celebrated for some reason. You know, this, there's just this, this uh, kind of seedy underbelly of, the way you know trainers and some of these folks think they are larger than life and think they can get away with whatever and they treat women like garbage they use and abuse them and um i think it's really disturbing and i think it's uh something that needs to be discussed more often and and is not um but this you know i wasn't surprised by this news i was disheartened i was i was sad i i feel horrific for the victims whoever they might be in this case um, and I think it's really important that if indeed this happened the way the victim said it happened, that there is accountability and it's a conversation, a bigger conversation that we have about, you know, who we're uplifting uh, in the sport of racing. And is it appropriate to be uplifting someone if they are indeed convicted of this misdemeanor assault charge? Um, so so those are my thoughts. Yeah. It, it, so, so it does seem like, Robin, from, from what you said, you know, there is whether, you know, for me, the, the scenario, if somebody comes into your home, it's an ex-girlfriend, she's, you, you know, doing who knows what, and, 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 and you make her exit your house, seems like it may be in his rights to do. But with that well, being but, said- but doesn't, but, it seem, but doesn't it seem like if someone was in your house, an ex-girlfriend, and you wanted them to leave, and they wouldn't leave, you would pick up the phone and say, hi, Saratoga Springs Police, I have someone in my house, she won't leave versus like pushing them down the stairs and strangling them. 
uh, it would, but it doesn't mean it wasn't within his rights to do that either. And, you, you, you know, it doesn't and, mean and, that, in, in fairness to all parties involved, we just weren't there. I'm not going to defend it, Chad Brown it, again. I'm not a fan. But I'll just don't know enough. I think I think you pointed the point is you know you play with fire and you get burned. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, and, totally. and, and, and you, you just, you, you keep putting yourself in these situations and sooner or later, bad things are going to happen. And, and, that, and it sounds like, it sounds like he's just getting, getting, getting his, you know, at, 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 at best he's getting his comments for, for just, you know, living a, 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 a kind of a open lifestyle there. And, and at worst he's, he, he, he beat the, you know, he's a, he's a domestic violence perpetrator. Yeah. So. You're, you're anyway. dead right. Adam. You're dead right. You play with fire. You're going to get burned. This is a small town. Town. You want to be a man whore at some point. It's going to catch up with you, and then it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, um, that's, I got, that's what I call me. Hey, we <laughs> want to do picks for the Dan. Do you have any picks for the race? Um, yeah, I mean the, the clear favorite is Epicenter. Um, you know, Saratoga. Don't forget, is the graveyard of champions. But I, if let's put it this way, if Epicenter loses, it'll be a surprise to me. It'll be at a cost to me because I will bet Epicenter. But I'm not that great of a horse player. Uh, there's some people that are going to pick a uh, a longer shot on the board, and they may just cash in. But Epicenter seems like the uh, the one to beat. Yeah. So Wait, are there are there only eight horses? I'm looking it up right now. Only eight horses. Yeah, small okay. field. You guys do your, you guys do your pick, and then I'll I'll do my little pick. All right. So so Dan, so Epicenter, the, Epicenter's never won a grade rated race before. So I'm going to go with the odds. Rich Rich Strike right now is at ten to one. Uh, Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. I think at the greatest odds, what was it, 99? Was it Dan? Do you remember? Uh, 83. Oh, but Epicenter is a Grade One winner. Um, he I'm won at Belmont. I gotta, I gotta re re recall. The horse that won the Derby is in this. Yes, Rich Strike. Yeah, I at, had that at ten, at ten to one, Robin. So I mean, that's ten to one morning line. That li that line most certainly will go down. But I think you know, I, I see like a funny side. I see two good races out of this horse. So. Well, I'm gonna have to bet. I'm gonna have to bet on Rich Strike then, because I had like a two dollar bet on them to win in the Kentucky Derby, and I won like freaking 140 bucks. It was like the most exciting moment of my entire life. Um, so I'm gonna have to bet on that horse. But but just I bet by the way, you guys, based on names and based on names alone, I'm a dork. I'm gonna bet on early voting. <laughs> I early, you know, early voting and cyber night. That's what I'm gonna do. Early voting okay. and cyber night. I'm I'm getting my horses mixed up. Epicenter did not win. It was Moldonagal, and I should know that because we uh uh, uh Ray Bryan in town here is, is part of Donegal Racing. I was gonna say, um, yeah, he, I know, he won right. the Jim Dandy earlier this meet and won some uh big graded stakes that were up leading up to the Kentucky Derby. But uh but yeah, yes, not, we love Ray. I'm sorry, what's that? We love we love Ray. Yes. Um, question for you guys. Also, I heard that is the Belmont going to be in Saratoga next year? Did I hear that correctly? No, this fall, the Belmont stakes will be held at Aqueduct Racecourse because they're, oh. they're making a tunnel to the infield to Belmont, you know, oh. and, and it's a, and Aqueduct and Belmont have importance to Saratoga because they're part of the Naira circuit. And, um, you know, what, what's good for Aqueduct and Belmont is good for Saratoga. We need a strong horse racing in New York. So it's not just, even though Saratoga is is the creme it's 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 you know the pride and joy of, of of new york racing they need the other ones belmont's a beautiful track as well it's just ginormous it's underutilized you, you might get uh, a thousand people there on a on an average saturday that's that's not a big uh, big day and uh they're gonna redo it they got the hockey rink there now 
So um, well, uh, New York racing in five years is going to look very different than it is today. Belmont, it's not a matter of if, but when it closes. And then everything will I, go to Belmont. And there could even be a longer Saratoga meet. I think the last time I was at a Travers, it was when that horse was maybe going to win a triple crown. Yes. Um, it's when that. Keen Ice, Ray Ray Bryan, uh, the Donegal Racing, when Keen Ice beat American Pharaoh, I believe, in 2015. Oh, yeah. So American Pharaoh. So, so basically, my husband and I decided to go and just kind of like, you know, stay in the back and hang out. Holy shit. Let me tell you, when American Pharaoh, when it was clear American Pharaoh wasn't going to win, the atmosphere at the track, like, turned so dramatically. I, we hightailed it out of there. Like, <laughs> I, it was intense. Like, it was intense. Yeah. People wanted American Pharaoh to win, didn't win. And then I had to go to an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert with my husband, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to be in California this weekend, so I will be missing Travers. But are you both planning on being there? Um, I, I will be there. Adam being a native, I, I had, um, who was it? Um, uh, David Lombardo, uh, uh, who's in, in broadcasting. I once, you know, it's there's people like me that moved here from out of the area that love Travers. And I asked David Lombardo, well, that's five years ago, you going to Travers? And he looked at me like I had six heads. And he basically <laughs> said, are you crazy? No. And so I'm guessing maybe that's Adam's uh, answer. Nope. Nope. I love it. My parents, I oh, think, okay. have been to three races in their whole life, but I love the track. Uh, it's, it's, I'm excited to be back and we get off this podcast. I'm going over Ukraine day over there. Oh, I will you. be there. I, I love everything about that track. I love the atmosphere. I love the excitement. And I'm sorry, I'm only here for, you know, a couple of weeks of it this meet, but you guys, gave us. let's do a quick cheers and cheers. Okay. And then let's wrap up. Any, anybody got cheers and cheers off the top of their head? I've got a jeer that I've been meaning to talk about for a while. The, the traffic on Van Damme street. And those that oh. know it are cheering me right now. It is it is horrible. Brutal. It's 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 un, it, it 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 defies logic. It just takes forever to get down Van Dam Street to get onto Broadway. It's backed up every which way. Um, that is a a uh, an annoyance. And there's a couple streets like that 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 defy logic. Uh, Hamilton Street is another one that just gets backed up. And when, when the new building goes in on Broadway next to uh, Spa Catholic, that'll be oh. so. Uh, there's yeah. a couple streets here that just defy logic with their traffic. Um, I'm not 100% sad when the Saratoga race season is over. Some things get back to normal here. Uh, I'll be mostly sad, but not 100%. Any cheer? I don't have a cheer this week. It was just that jeer I wanted to get out. All right. Adam, what do you got, buddy? I'm going to uh, um, cheer the two ladies today for, with, the, with the free books, but specifically Linda. For people who don't know Linda, uh, she is it, she's just an extremely uh, a passionate lady. Uh, oftentimes about items, issues that I'm not so passionate about, but being around her is is, is infectious of, of wanting to go out and do good. So, uh, Linda, Robin, when you first when you first you know described Linda to me when we were running for office, you said you know you, she's a lady now every weekend at a, what what do you call it Liberty Corner there or Freedom I call Corner? it Democracy Corner <laughs> Democracy Corner out there in front of the post office. But uh, but anytime people are doing things for the good, it's it's making the world a little better. So cheers to them. Cheers uh, to JFK airport uh flew back into boston <laughs> it's just such a better experience jfk flying out of there it's dirty the the, the the food selections are horrible they're always closing up and you know by the time the 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 red eye flights are leaving the traffic is horrible uh boston logan i think going through so we were in we were in our rental car with it within an hour of the plane landing and the longest time was in line to get the rental car so uh logan airport just does not do out of the park coming back jfk yeah, yeah. Nothing worse than Newark, though. Nothing worse than Newark. Um, 
anyway, my cheer and dear for the week. Uh, my cheer is also going to be for Pat and Linda. They rock. Uh, Pat was saying that she went on a walk with Linda, and this is what it turned into. The last time I was chit-chatting with Linda, it turned into me hanging a banner off an overpass uh, at like six in the morning. So you never know what's going to happen with Linda, but she's so passionate. And 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 I just, I love her and look up to her. Um, and I think she's just great. There's We have some great women in this community. Um, my dear for the week, pretty easy. Chad Brown, dear, done, mic drop, over. So anyway, I think that's all we've got, guys. I will see you next Wednesday at noon. We're going to try to keep to our schedule. We're doing pretty good. All right. Stay charming. All right, friends. Over and out. Thanks for watching, folks. <laughs>